would now like to introduce our main speaker for tonight, Maria. Ah, okay. Hi, I'm Maria. I'm an alcoholic. I can hear my Okay, okay. Let's just do this. Can everyone hear me? That's all right. Okay. Hi. Hi, you guys. Um, thank you so much for having me here at your meeting. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm really grateful that I get to talk to you guys. Um, welcome home to anybody who's new. Um, I thought we had a lot of newcomer ladies, so I hope you find what I found here. And, um, oh gosh, okay, I guess we'll just start from the top. Um, uh, I, um, okay. Ah! Um, okay. So basically, um, I don't know. I'm not an alcoholic because of anything that happened to me. I'm an alcoholic because once I take a drink, I really, really like the sensation produced and I can't stop. Um, I, and that's precisely why I'm an alcoholic is because I like the effect produced by alcohol. Um, I had a lot of things happen to me in my um, childhood and my past, uh, but that's not why I'm an alcoholic, right? I'm not an alcoholic because what, what my mom dad did to me, what my dad did to me, what anyone did to me, it's, it's what I do to myself, right? And it's the choice that I make over and over again, which is alcohol over everything in my life. And um, I, I, there's a part of the big book, there's a story in the back that talks about I'm not an alcoholic because of the events in my life. I'm an alcoholic because of my reaction to the events in my life. And, and the same thing when I take alcohol in my body, I, I have an abnormal reaction, right? I have this allergy. I don't respond to things normally uh, like other people would. Um, I decide to get loaded to a point of oblivion, and, and that's how I treat my life. But um, I'm going to tell you a bit about my past in case you can relate, and in case anyone uh, thinks that's a blockade to getting sober. But um, I grew up in an alcoholic home. There was uh, drugs and alcohol around me from a young age. Um, I had broken bones and that kind of thing from my father by the time I was three and four years old. Um, when I was about six, he started to sexually abuse me, and my mom started to sell me. So um, what that did to me was um, it gave me a certain perception of myself. And um, the big book tells us that we make the decisions based on self, which later plays us in a position to be harmed. And this woman, her name is Frankie Doll. She's absolutely wonderful. And she talks about this. But I got a perception of self, that I was a piece of shit, and that that's what I deserved, and that's what love looks like. And um, so I took that perception of self, and I put myself in a lot of places to be harmed. So I chose that for myself over and over again. And I got involved with the same guy over and over again, right? And, 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 um, and a lot of really horrible things happened. And, um, and I chose that for myself over and over again because that idea I got about myself. And um, I was given drugs at a young age. Um, I got, uh, I started to get uh, drunk and loaded um, by the time I was nine or ten years old, and I was kind of off and running. Um, I, um, I definitely experienced like incomprehensible demoralization. Um, I did anything to get loaded, and um, and I quickly found like once I started, I couldn't stop, and um, I became a lot like those monsters that I had in my life, and. Um, I hated myself, um, and the things I needed to do to get loaded, I got loaded over. So I just kept digging myself deeper and deeper and deeper, and um, and I couldn't stop. And um, no matter how much I wanted to stop, and I wanted to stop harming people, and I wanted to stop doing these things, I couldn't stop. Um, I I was a prostitute for a very long time. Um, I stole things. I hurt people. I lied to people. I did all these things, and um, and I wound up hating myself so much. And um. I got to this point where I was no longer functional. Um, my like organs started shutting down when I was like 16 because you can't do that to your uh, body like that. And um, I have a big brother. My parents just kind of pop out alcoholics, and um, he um, <laughs> he's an alcoholic and he suffers from schizophrenia as well. And so he's got like an extra party going on. And um, he um, he got clean for a little while and he was going to meetings and. Um, 
I didn't understand like what he was doing and um when I'm loaded, I'll use anyone in my path to get me more loaded. So I encouraged him to get off of his medications and to get loaded with me because that's what I wanted. And um, he's still loaded now, and like I get to work with that, you know. And I didn't, I didn't understand what this was, and all I cared about was myself. And it didn't matter who you were. If I could use you to get loaded, I would use you. And um, he helped me to get clean when I was 18 years old. Um, I was dead inside. I was a shell of a person. Um, I couldn't function anymore. Uh, he helped to get me into a facility, and um. That I was, like, no longer functional as a human being. I call myself the creature. Like, when I was like that, I just, like, eh! I, um, I couldn't, um, <laughs> I just didn't know how to be a person anymore. I, I felt like I had been, and as my fiance so lovely puts it, she says, I feel like I've been in a cave for a very long time, and I'm coming out now. And, and I didn't know how to be a human anymore. And uh, I didn't know how to function without getting loaded. I couldn't tie my shoes without getting loaded, right? I didn't, I didn't understand uh, how to live that way, because to me, the alcoholic life seemed the only normal one, right? And, and I didn't know anything else. And um, so, so I start to get sober, and like I couldn't really talk, I couldn't really be touched. I was like hiding under tables. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't function anymore. Um, I remember I was like sitting upside down in my chair, for, and people had to like have a discussion with me, like let's not do that, and eating spaghetti with my hands, and like I just didn't like, I, I couldn't function anymore. And um, and and what I experienced at that place was, uh, for the first time, people showed me some kindness, and um. And I felt I felt welcomed there, and, and people listened to me, and um, I was able to start to talk, you know. And um, from there, a facility out here heard about me, and they scholarship me, and they saved my life. And um, basically, um, they told me to get a sponsor and work the 12 steps, right? They told me to go to meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I did exactly that, because I was so so desperately grateful to uh, to have a chance at something else, something other than what I had. I just didn't want what I had anymore. And um, and I saw you guys looked happy, and you had a light in your eye, and, um, and you were talking to each other, and you were kind to each other, and, and I didn't understand what that was, but I so desperately wanted something other than what I had. And um, so they told me gratitude was an action, so I took the action. And um, I was so grateful to have, like, a safe place to sleep at night and, like, food and, like, a hot shower, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and that was huge for me. And um, I learned how to, like, brush my hair every day. And um, like like do things like that. That that was new for me. I had to learn how to how to be a person again. And um, so I got a sponsor, and she was like this large lady, and she was like, ah, "Fuck your feelings." Sorry about the cursing, but she was like super wild, and she scared me a lot. And I was like, "Okay, we can do this. That's fine. Um, that's the one." And um, I, I chose her because she shared some really horrific things that had happened to her, and I thought maybe if she stayed clean, that maybe I could stay clean. I didn't know if a girl like me could stay clean. And so, <laughs> makes me emotional. I just, um, we'll get to this later. Anyway, oh God, got a power through Maria. Okay, so I am super emotional. Um, I just, I didn't think anyone like me could stay clean. And um, I understand now that like my experience is, um, is the best tool I have to help someone else. And I know that other women can relate to me, and I'm here to help them. So. It just, um, I didn't know that then, but that woman did everything for me, and she changed my life. Um, but, sorry, okay, I gotta, gotta reel it in. Um, <laughs> uh, woo, I can really get on a good one here, but, um, I, like, I went on to a sound bath today, and I think it just jingled me up inside, and, okay, sorry, woo, women's retreat, yeah. Um, but I just, um, <laughs> I just gotta get it together. Okay, um, <laughs> Get all that stuff out. That's good. No, we feel our feelings now. But um, okay, so I, uh, I, um, 
I, I went through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with that woman, and um, and she taught me she taught me what it meant to be like a woman of grace and dignity in this program. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry this whole time. Okay, it's fine. I'm just gonna roll with it. Um, basically, she took me through these steps and showed me showed me a new way of life and showed me something else that I could be. And uh, she showed me that I could function every day without getting loaded and I didn't have to hate myself. And that was life changed me because I didn't know it was possible for someone like me to look at myself in the mirror and not hate what I saw every day. So um, this program just changed everything about me. I'm so sorry. I get emotional because it just, um, I'm just so grateful for it. And um, my heart gets so full it comes out my eyes. And I just need to, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, hi. All right. Woo! Okay. Anyway, okay. So let's just let's just talk about the steps because that's, that's the real meat and potatoes here. Um, I don't know. I, so I came into these rooms and, um, Oh my God, I can't even talk about the people in the rooms without crying, but, um, sorry, <laughs> well, we're just going to do this. Okay, um, <laughs> I went into meetings, and people were kind to me, and um, they told me that I earned my seat, and they wanted me to keep coming back, and that I belonged here, and um, I, I, I never felt like I belonged anywhere, and you guys touched me, and you made me feel welcome, and you loved me, and um that like unconditional love and that kindness and um you didn't want anything from me you just wanted me to stay clean you know and um I never had that in my life really um people want to make a dollar off of me or whatever you know and um I didn't know that unconditional love and what that could be and what that could mean and um and you guys just welcomed me in and loved me and I came into Alcoholics Anonymous and I felt safe and I wanted to just like bring a little blanket in and sleep in the meetings you know what I mean because I felt okay there because when I tell my story you guys nod your head and you don't judge me because you understand and, um, oh my god. Okay, so, so I got a sponsor, and, um, and I started to work the steps, and, um, I worked the first step, and, um, it says we're powerless over alcohol, and our lives were unmanageable, and clearly my life was unmanageable. I was 18 years old, um, as a prostitute. I had dropped out of high school, and I, I could not function without a substance in my body, and, um, so I had that part a little bit down, but, um, uh, the powerlessness was new for me, and, and my sponsor told me that um, that basically the only thing we have power over is our choices. And um, so what this program gave me was the power of choice. Because when I put a substance in my body, I lose that choice immediately. I don't get to choose who I am anymore. I don't choose what I do. I'm a slave to that substance right away. That's what alcohol does when I put it in my body. And um, when, I'm, when I'm sober, when I have these little grace periods, when I get some grace that I didn't think I deserved, um, that God gave me, right? I got, I got to get sober for a little while, and then I had the power of choice, and I got to choose. can't even look at Megan. She's going to make me cry again. Anyway, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't even. Um, but I got to choose who I wanted to be, and, and, and that's what I get to do in this program. I get to choose who I want to be today, so I try to choose to be loving and kind, and I try to choose to not harm anybody, and that's what these steps give me, and that's what this program gives me, and um, um, so, I'm so sorry, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay, so, um, the, um, <laughs> the, um, the second step is, like, I, I had, I had a problem with God. I thought that God hated me, and I thought that, like, you guys could have a God, but I can't, you know? And, um, I didn't think I deserved, like, God's love, you know? Oh my God, too much, too much crying. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't think I deserved that, and I didn't even know what that would look like, and I thought that God had hated me for my life, and, um, and so my first high problem was babies, because um, I think they're pure and they smell like heaven, and um, I love everything about them. And um, and uh, I always say this because I think it's funny. But anyway, I I, I like I just um, kids don't judge you and they don't go ooh dopey. You know what I mean? They just want to play with you. They just love you. And um and and that was a gift 
from me, right? And so um, kids were my first higher power, and so they still are. But um, I, that's, like, grown and changed as I have. Um, and um, I don't know that, like, that inventory process, right? I was so scared. I was so scared that, like, my sponsor would, like, run for the hills when she had heard my story. And um, I didn't think she would nod her head and understand. And um, and she did. You know, that woman listened, and she sat through it, and it was okay. And she told me her story, and I was okay, you know? And um, what the gift of the fourth step, what that gave me was that I got to leave the creature on paper right there, and I got to choose to be a different girl today, you know? And I got to be, choose to become this woman of grace and dignity that Alcoholics Anonymous teaches me to be, you know? Um, so I got to leave that chick there, and that gave me another set of freedom, you know? And I got to get all that darkness out and put in some light. And, um, <sighs> okay, so um, working on my defects, um, my sponsor told me that I had a self-esteem piggy bank, right? And um, every time I did an esteemable act, I got to put a coin in the bank, right? And um, that's how I was going to build up my self-esteem because I hated myself so much when I came into these rooms. And um, so every time I did something small, I got to put a coin in the bank. So um, when I would, like, help a little old lady at the grocery store carry her groceries to the car, I got to put a coin in the bank. When I made my bed in the morning, I got to put a coin in the bank, Um when I was kind to someone, I got to put a coin in the bank, right? And um, eventually what happens is you put enough coins in your self-esteem piggy bank that you have more coins than you have all the bad things you did in your addiction, right? And so, um, in your alcoholism. But um, basically, in that way, you get to build self-esteem a little bit at a time. And so a big one for me when I first got sober was um, I just threw away my cigarette butts. And it was something very, very small, but I didn't hate myself when I threw away my cigarette butt, right? I was doing something good. For once, I wasn't harming anyone. I just was throwing away a cigarette butt, right? And it was a very small thing, but it made a very big difference to me. And um, um, my amends, um, a lot of them were living amends because it wasn't safe to make them, and, and that was okay. That's just the way that I live my life today, right? And um, I just I just try really hard not to harm anyone. And um, I don't know. Um, a lot of this stuff has like come back to me, like. I guess we'll just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I got you. Okay. Um, basically, I, I wound up being given, like, everything that I have today. Um, when I got sober, I was, like, given a car from someone. I was, like, um, given, like, a brand-new mattress. It was, like, Tempur-Pedic, and I thought I was super bougie when I got it. And um, <laughs> check it out. And um, people, like, bought me groceries when I didn't have money for groceries and stuff. And, like, um People just loved me, and I met this woman, and she, like, changed my life completely. Um, her name was Debbie Parker, if anyone has ever met her. She's uh, absolutely wonderful. And um, she um, um, she uh, basically she had a daughter that died at 18 of a heroin overdose, and um, when I got clean, she just, that woman just, like, scooped me in, and it was her living amends for her daughter. Um, and she just helped a lot of young women, so... Um, I got to call her mom and got to learn what it looked like to have a mom for the first time. And uh, she called her house God's house, and she said nothing bad would happen to me there. And uh, she said no one's going to touch you here. And so um, if I was ever freaking out or not doing well, she'd take me back there. And, and things like that meant everything to me, you know. And uh, it made me believe that maybe I could stay sober another day, you know. Maybe I didn't have to get loaded over all these things if there was somewhere safe for me to go and I could be okay again, you know. Um and um, she got breast cancer, and I got to, like, take her to all of her surgeries, right, and to all of her doctor's appointments. And um, I saw what it was like to have a mom, and she would show up for me when I spoke. And um, she unfortunately uh, relapsed. But um, I got to learn that I could stay sober through that, too, you know, that I was going to be okay. And um, 
the women of Alcoholics Anonymous have just like loved me. They just they loved me sober and they loved me after that too, you know. And like I'm in an incredible group of women now that just like pull me up when I'm not okay, you know. And they show up for me and and they're here tonight, you know. And um, my sponsor told me I, I was lucky because I get to choose my family, and um, that's who I choose today. I choose all of you. And um, um, another like the biggest gift of this program is that I get to like sponsor other women and like. Um, just like I've gotten to speak at a lot of really incredible places like um, Adolescent Psych Ward and Girls Juvenile Hall and like it like kills me inside that anyone would ever feel like I felt but it gives me my purpose today because if I was able to walk through those things and stay clean then maybe you can stay clean too right and I can give girls the same kind of hope that was given to me and um, that's changed my life because it gave it gave a purpose to all the bad things maybe all the bad things were there for a reason um, and maybe my experience can uniquely help women. And um, I got um, accepted into this um, nonprofit organization, which helps women from like abuse and homelessness situations to go to school. So um, I am in college now, which is like crazy. <laughs> I would. <hear laughs> Um, but I would hear about people going to school, and I was like, what? You go to you go to college? Like, I just would never, like, a college girl. What? Um, and I, I just, I never, never thought in my life that I would go to college. And I'm, I'm a straight-A student, and I'm a dork. And I sit in the front of the class, and I'm like, oh! I, it's, it's, it's incredible to me, because I, I never thought I would be like that. I never thought I would be psycho about school. Um, <laughs> well, too much. But um, it's, it's like an incredible blessing and um I don't know um I I have um my sobriety date is April 22nd of 2015 I have four years sober um I just I, I just never thought that that was possible for me I couldn't get four hours sober you know what I mean I, I I didn't know that I could go for a long amount of time without getting loaded and this program gave me that um <sighs> I don't know. Um, I've been able to like walk other women through these steps, which is like absolutely incredible and like the highlight of my life. Um, as one chick, I watched her go from like fucking addicted prostitute to like HR person, and it's just like she like gave me my first grand sponsee, and I was like, I was 20 at the time, and I like called people crying like I'm a grandma, like I was like so excited, I couldn't believe it. I felt like I won a Grammy award, like I was like, oh my god, I have a grand. It was just, it was huge to me. I just like I couldn't believe that this program had worked its strange magic through me and through this other girl too, you know, like through me. I got to be a vessel, and um. Like, I have a purpose today. I get to be a vessel of God. And I'm like, you chose a dirty, drug-addicted whore to be your fucking vessel, and that's not who I am today, you know? And, like, I just, I just, I used to call myself, like, a dirty fucking dopamine hooker all the time, right? That was, like, my phrase, you know? That's how I'm going to refer to myself, because that's how I felt. And, um, I, uh, I, one day, I called myself a young lady. And this guy was like, you just called yourself a lady. And um, I didn't stop calling myself a dirty dopey nugget until I stopped feeling like one, you know. And um, I just, like, I went to meet my boyfriend's parents, and they're, like, conservative Christian parents. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, you're bringing me home. I was so scared. And because um, I thought they would see me. And guess what? They saw me. But they saw what you guys made me. And um, when people look at me, they don't see that anymore because that's not what I am. You know, I get to be this, like, 
young lady, you know, I get to be like classy broad and um, <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. It's just like, you know, I like show up to school and everyone's like, you're a smart girl. And I'm like, what? You know, that's not an adjective you would describe me with. Um, it's just like, I, I don't know. And it changed how I saw myself too. Cause I don't have to look at myself like that anymore. And I don't have to talk about myself like that anymore, you know? And, um, I found people that believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, you know, and thought that I could do it. And I remember, like, I was like, I'm going to try to go to college. So I, like, went to OCC and, like, go to the little, like, admissions room. And this, like, man walks up to me and he's like, can I help you, ma'am? And I'm like, no! And I ran out of there and I cried. And I was like, oh! I, like, called someone and I was crying because I, 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 I so deeply believed that I couldn't do it. I didn't know it was the scariest thing in the world to me and I can do it today, you know? And, um... My life just looks so, like, crazy different. Like, um, I got to, like, intern at this homeless shelter this semester, you know, and um, it was absolutely amazing. And um, they commented on my lack of judgment, you know, and, and they didn't know what I came from. But I was able to show these people kindness, you know, at a time that I can recognize and I can relate to. And um, this one chick came in, and she just, like, presented as, like, extremely aggressive. And, um, I, and like, I, I can remember presenting as extremely aggressive also. And, and she came in, and she was very angry. And I, I got to sit down and talk to her, and I realized she was scared, you know, when she was, like, pregnant, and she was freaking out. And, um, and she only wanted to talk to me. And, like, I got to be her safe place, you know. And, um, and that's the gift that sobriety's given me, you know, is that I'm able to actually help people now. And, um, and, like, I get to be someone's safe place, and, like, what an honor and a privilege that is. And every time I do a fist step with a sponsee, I get to be someone's safe place, and what an honor and a privilege that is. And uh, I get to be a student, what an honor and a privilege that is, you know? Um, who I get to be today is just, like, I I can't believe it. And um, I just, like, he told me, my boyfriend, this is Philip, he's the best, he's number one. But um, he told me, he told me that, that, one of his friends, a gentleman, had left Alcoholics Anonymous because he felt that he had given to the program more than it had given to him, and I don't think that amount is even possible for me because the program gave me everything I have and, and everything I could ever dream of, you know? Um, I live in a nice little house, and I got my two doggies, and, like, I'm, like, kind of a grandpa. I like to go to bed at 9.30, and, like, um, I just, I just, I, I never thought my life would look like this. I never thought that, um, my intention and my purpose would be to be loving and kind to people and to try to support people in every area of my life. I never thought that. And, um, you know, I started, like, um, working the steps again. And, like, um, I, like, get to, like, keep going deeper. You know, I get to keep, like, peeling layers of the onion, you know, with myself. And, like, um, <coughs> I still have, like, you know, behaviors to work on and stuff. And, like, um, my poor sweet Philip, I suppose I'll share this, but I made it, I made it kind of like since my childhood, I made it a, a, a sort of a, 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 a purpose of mine to punish men, and um, I, <laughs> this is my jam, what I did when I was loaded, what I did when I was clean, and, um, and I, I wanted every man to like suffer for what had happened to me, you know, and um, I, uh, I realized uh, he is like the most loving and kind human being I've ever been with, and I didn't even know men could be that kind, and um, 
I always chose men that were really mean to me because I felt shitty about myself. So so I chose people that treated me that same way, you know. And he's extremely loving and kind to me, and I realized I don't want to punish men anymore. You know, and that's huge for me. I want to be kind to him. You know, I want to be a good significant other. I want to be a good girlfriend and that poor sweet man. <laughs> um, <laughs> poor guy. But, um, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But, um, I don't know. Um, so I get to keep working on myself, you know, and, like, we've gotten to do some crazy stuff. Um, we went to India for, like, three weeks, which was really wild. Um, like, mind you, like, before I, like, had to stay in a couple blocks radius because I had to know that I could get loaded at all times. And um, and now I'm, like, going to other, like, I went to Canada. We went to Hawaii. I, like, I didn't think that these things were possible for me. I didn't think that I would ever see the world or see anything besides, like, what was exactly in front of me, which was getting loaded at all times. Um, and, um. Oh my gosh, what time is it? Do I see that as well as that? Somewhere. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. Oh, now you got it. Um. Um. Everyone do this up. We help people. Um. Higher power. Higher power is good. Um. <laughs> um. I don't know, like, uh, oh, yeah, well, I guess this is good. Um, I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I realized one day that, like, I was able to actually be present in my life and actually be present in my body and present in what I was going through. That was never possible for me. I wanted to be as non-present as possible. I wanted to feel absolutely nothing at all times and be as loaded as humanly possible. And, um, and now I get to be fully present in my life and, um, a friend of mine, she told me, uh, my my uh, mama at the time, um, told me that one man, his definition of, like, the spiritual experience was being present at all times, like, and knowing that God's with you, you know, and, like, I get to walk in that today, you know, and it's not always perfect, but um, I get to be present today, and, oh, yeah, oh, my gosh, I have a good story, you guys. Okay. Um, I was, like, sharing in a meeting about, like, um, I was pretty newly sober, and I was sharing about struggling with self-esteem. And this man at one of my home groups, um, he went up to the podium, and he took, like, 25 years. And um, he was like, um, he was like, this is for you. He was like, God doesn't make garbage, you know? And, like, that's what you guys taught me, was that I wasn't garbage and that I was worth something, even when I didn't know that myself. And um, another man at that meeting was like, I would be proud to call you my daughter. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like, that's not something that I've ever heard in my life, you know? And um, someone would be proud to call me their daughter, you know? And, and this other guy was like, can I be your grandpa then? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I never thought anyone would be proud to call me their family, you know? Um, and uh, I don't know, that's what I found here. I found a love and a family here that I never thought that I would have, and I found my home here in Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, I found people that are there for me no matter what, and that pick up the phone when I call, and that want to show up for me. And actually, I've learned I'm kind of a pleasure to be around. Um, <laughs> um, that came with time. Uh, but I just... Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I really hope that you guys find what I found here. Again, welcome home to the newcomers. And um, I got to stop now because I'm, I'm out. Thank you. Thank you.